The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Um, if you're having trouble sleeping these days, you're not alone. Maybe it's COVID-19. Maybe it's, you know, the 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 energy industry that you've been trying to deal with, that, that you've been looking for a job in for the past five years. There's so much going on. It's, it's really hard to turn off and to add to it all anxiety and worry and sleep well, we all know can be a distant friend at the best of time, but what can you do about it? Well, let's find out from Dr. Brittany LaMonda, who is a senior neuropsychologist at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Now, first off, can you give us an idea what it's like in New York these days? We keep hearing stories, seeing video. Can you just, you know, paint a picture of what it's like there um, during this pandemic? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's changing every single day, but people, I think, are doing their best to take it seriously. We really don't see very many people out. Um, they're starting to make some makeshift hospitals in Central Park and other open areas, um, you know, a lot of ambulances on the streets, but everybody's trying to do their best. A lot of masks and gloves. Um, we're really trying to stay safe right now. Now, I understand uh, the hospital that you're located at, Lenox Hill Hospital, has been very busy as well. It doesn't have a whole lot of ICU beds, I think only about 15, but it has been very, very busy. How are, how are people reacting in New York, are they listening to the social distancing protocols, to the warnings? Um, are people heeding what they're being told? Yeah, so, so Lennox is incredibly busy and, and there's um, many medical floors that are now essentially filled with COVID patients. Um, I think that the city varies in terms of how people are responding to the messages that are out there in terms of social distancing and quarantining, on, uh, quarantining unfortunately. Um, in our area on the Upper East Side where Lennox Hill Hospital is located, we do see that people are really trying to abide by these rules. Um, only a few people are allowed in grocery stores or banks at a time. Um, grocery stores stores will set up lines by which you can't cross if somebody's paying for goods. Um, so there really is a lot of structure in place to enable the social distancing thus far. People will, you know, walk to the opposite side of the sidewalk when, when crossing a pedestrian. So I think a lot of people are taking it seriously. But I do know that there are some areas in the larger New York City, you know, and the other boroughs where maybe the message isn't getting across quite as well. How How is this messaging and these warnings and seeing what we're hearing on the radio and on TV, how is that affecting the people that you deal with on a, on a regular basis? I'm, I'm thinking that some people are, whatever, we're just going to go on with life, and others are, are quite worried and, and quite anxious. For sure. You, you see a spectrum of reactions to it, and it certainly brings out uh, different aspects of one's personality. Um, I think it's normal to have any reaction to this, to be honest. Um, sometimes it's comforting to downplay it, and then other times uh, we might feel really anxious when we see a media headline or a news article. Um, I think trying to stay as calm and sane as we possibly can in these times is super important. Um, our mental health is linked to our immunity. We make better choices when we're feeling calm. Um, hysteria really doesn't add anything. Um, so I think it's you know important to try to 
send the message out that uh, you know it is important to take these rules seriously, but to try to do it in a in a calm manner. Um, but yeah, we see the gamut of things. You know, people are really feeling isolated and alone. They're feeling scared and anxious. Some people feel as though they're getting mixed messages. Um, so it's a lot to deal with for sure. Dr. Brittany LaMonda is a senior neuropsychologist at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan. You talk about those mixed messages. You talk about everything that's going on in our brains, the anxiety. And I have to tell you, you know, on Sunday night, getting ready to go back to work on Monday, doing this job and trying to stay on top of it and let my listeners know what's going on in the very latest. I didn't sleep very well, uh, doctor. Actually, I slept really awfully, to be <laughs> to be to be honest. And it's really really frustrating. And I think I'm. I'm not alone with that. Do you have some advice on on what we can be doing to help us get that rest that we so sorely need right now? Uh, yeah, and that's a very common complaint that I've heard from patients and friends and family. It's just that sleep has been disrupted. And, and to be honest, I usually I usually sleep well. And the other night I had a night where I was just tossing and turning. Um, thankfully, many of the, the sleep recommendations are behavioral. So they're really things that anybody can just start trying um, tonight. So we really recommend that uh, people try to anchor their day with their sleep. So that means going to bed around the same time every night and trying to wake up the same time each morning. I think that because most people are working from home, they have a tendency to go to bed later, wake up later, and that really can affect our circadian rhythm. So keeping that normal sleep-wake cycle is incredibly important. Um, we also recommend trying to uh, develop a sleep routine that works. So doing the same thing every night, you're essentially training your brain to expect sleep. So for example, you might take a nice shower or a hot bath, you might drink some chamomile tea and read a book. Um, doing the same thing each night can really help prep the body for sleep. Um, really using the sleep, uh, the bed only for sleep, not working in it now that we're working home, not eating in it, not spending all of our time in the bed, really using that for a place for, for sleep. Um, not consuming caffeine in the morning, not consuming alcohol right before bed, that's a big one. I think a lot of people are turning to alcohol to help manage their anxiety and stress. Um, alcohol in moderation can be you know, useful for some people, um, but if we drink a lot right before bed, we might feel as though we're passing out, but we really don't get that restorative sleep that our brain craves. So it's really important to limit alcohol consumption. Making sure Dr. that we need a- yeah. yeah. Can I just pause you there because I, I I'm seeing a lot more of that as well, and I know I can fall into it pretty easy. You know, get off the air and go pour myself a glass of wine because it's, in my mind, it's a, it's a way to reduce stress or it just kind of chills me out for a little bit. What does alcohol do to the brain when you're trying to go to sleep? Why does it disrupt uh, your sleep? Yeah, so the, the slow wave sleep is the really the restorative sleep. Um, and there's evidence that when we consume a lot of alcohol that we actually don't enter the, the slow wave sleep that um, is really important for the brain in terms of, you know, when we sleep, our brain really sort of cleans itself. It helps to consolidate memories. So we don't get that really restorative sleep when we um, consume alcohol. It disrupts that. So we might feel like we're passing out, but you'll wake up in the morning and you won't really feel well rested. So um, it's important to not overconsume alcohol because it'll really mess with the sleep cycle that we need. 
Dr. Lamond, I think one of the things that's messing with us as well is this is this constant feed of of news that we're seeing, whether it's on television, on radio, or on our social media. Right? It is. It's overwhelming. Um, we really need to to think about how much of that we're sucking in too, don't we? Yeah, we really need to disconnect. Um, I think throughout the day, especially at night, I always tell my patients who are struggling with sleep that they should not be watching the news before bed. They should not be scrolling CNN or any other news station. Um, Really need to disconnect before bed. Not only is the light bad for us in terms of initiating sleep, but it's just going to get your wheels turning. It's going to ramp up that anxiety, and it's really not conducive to falling asleep. Um, I really recommend throughout the day that somebody takes breaks three to four hours, not even looking at the news, Um, but especially before bed. It's really um, strongly not recommended uh, to look at that stuff right before bed. I think reading a book, um, listening to classical music, doing a a progressive muscle relaxation before bed, these are all strongly encouraged. Uh, someone just texted in and said, how about a big fat joint as cannabis is legal in Canada, of course, because, and uh, someone just texted in that, and I know a number of my uh, listeners will turn to that as well. When you talk about blue light exposure, for those who don't know what that is, can you explain that a little clearer for us? Yeah, so any, most of our electronics emit, emit this blue light, so computer screens, iPads, iPhones, television. Um, and again, when we're thinking about our circadian rhythms, the normal natural um, exposure that we have is that it gets darker at night. So it's almost like tricking the brain or the body into thinking that it's not nighttime if we're constantly exposed to this light right before bed. So that's why we really want to do things that are more dimly lit. Um, reading with a, low, with a low light is a great option, listening to classical music. If you do have the option to turn, you know, your 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 phone or your computer screen to a, a lower light setting, that can be um, also an option, but but really thinking about ways to disconnect with electronics before bed so that we're we're allowing our bodies to recognize that it's nighttime. Before I let you go, um, Dr. Brittany LaMonda, by the way, is a senior neuropsychologist at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan, New York, joining us this afternoon. Um, Those are all great tips for sleep, I think, at any time of your life. One of the things, though, as I mentioned, you know, we're feeling that anxiety. For people who are maybe having some anxiety attack or maybe a little panic attack or feeling just a little bit more emotional, you know, we've been cooped up inside now for a couple of weeks. Any suggestions on how to handle that and get through those feelings? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that there's a lot out there now. There's uh, there's a lot of ways to, to stay connected, um, whether we're doing FaceTime or Skype or Zoom. Um, feeling that social connectedness is very important. That doesn't just go away because we're on quarantine. Um, now, uh, Travel and Leisure and other websites are offering virtual museum tours. They're offering streaming of Broadway shows, so ways to feel connected to our old lives. Um, I'm a huge proponent of exercise. So I think if you can get out um, in a safe way, stay six feet away from people and go for a run outside or a walk, you can stream some workouts online. There's a ton of apps for that. Um, 
keeping busy, finding new recipes to prepare, find, picking up a new hobby, um, trying to keep our normal routines as much as possible during the work week if you're working from home. Um, I also think that, as I mentioned before bed, doing a progressive muscle relaxation or deep breathing exercise, those are things we can do throughout the day if we're starting to feel anxious or stressed to reground us. Um, making sure that we consume a healthy diet, and then, of course, the sleep aspect is also huge. Um, and finally, to recognize the warning signs when one does need professional help. If it's really hard to get out of bed, if you're having any um, thoughts about harming yourself, if you're really hopeless about the future, it's really you know important to speak with a professional. So making sure that you're aware of those signs in yourself or um, in others. Dr. Lamanda, I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. I appreciate your insight, your advice on this, and please stay safe um, as you join us from New York. Uh, we've been watching that closely from afar, and um, I think a lot of people are very alarmed, and so our thoughts are, are with you, your family as well down there. Thank you so much, and our thoughts are with you as well, and I think we can all get the, through this together apart. That's the way that we're strongest, um, and thank you so much for having me on, and I, I hope it was helpful. All right. Thank you so much. Take care now. Bye. Dr. LaMonda joining us this afternoon, and it was interesting. Um, I've, do you remember a couple, oh, it's just last week, uh, Alberta Health Services started that text for hope. Um, so you signed up, I think you, you texted, um, you know, COVID-19, COVID hope 19 or something to, uh, 393939 and you would get a, a text message every morning. And I signed up for it because I wanted to see what it said. And I know over the past couple of days, I'd been starting the show with it. Um, today I saved it for this interview because today's text for hope is directly on this topic. It says getting enough sleep makes it easier for us to cope. Make sleep a priority in your life and practice good sleep hygiene. So some of those tips that Dr. LaMonda suggested to us uh, this afternoon. We'll